One and two and three and four. There's murder and intrigue, but the kids of Riverdale are gonna be just fine, just fine, just just fine. There's Jughead and Betty, and Dad's a serial killer serving some jail time, jail time, jail jail time. We got milkshakes at Pops. And mimosas at Veronica's Yeah, the kids of Riverdale are gonna solve some crime Some crime, some, some crime Cause the kids of Riverdale are gonna still be fine Maybe damaged, damn, damn, damn Sit right down, you're gonna have a real good time With Team Cheryl Who's Archie? Hello and welcome to another episode of Milkshakes and Mimosas. And today we're looking at the history of Archie in music. But I'm not joined alone. I have some fantastic guests who you actually start out the show hearing. I'm joined by Annalise Nelson and Dak Schaefer, who did our wonderful theme song, among multiple other wonderful things. Hello, guys. Oh, hey, Andrew, you're, that's you're very kind. so sweet. Look at this guy. Thank you. <laughs> uh, thanks for having well, us on. Yeah, thank you. No, well, I've, I've had to have you guys on because uh, you, you really uh, made sure that we have one good minute of podcasting a week now. Um, so it was uh, it was good. And also. <laughs> and also that's that's um, very kind, but I'm sure there's more than a minute. <laughs> Okay, a minute 30. Let's let's be generous. Uh, probably 30 seconds good there somewhere. Um, and that's the outro music. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but <laughs> I, thought that, uh, I, I thought you guys would both be really good to have on for this. One, because you guys are both great musicians, but also because both of your podcasts have really helped to kind of create me having a more introspective look at media and like some of the more behind the scenes information and i'm talking about popular music the podcast but the annalise oh thanks and of course uh the bluth the whole bluth and nothing but the bluth with dex so you guys have both kind oh. of improved my media literacy in a way thanks for and the i thought you out. guys would be <laughs> yeah thank you <laughs> and i thought it would be great to actually kind of talk about the history of archie in music uh with you both um, now it's, we're going to kind of go chronologically. Uh, we're not going to go as in depth as we could because, you know, it could be a seven hour podcast. There's a lot of Archie <laughs> music out there. Um, but pretty much the Archies, uh, they started, their first album was in 1968 and that was the first Archie comics in music pretty much. It's, it was surprising because I thought that Josie and the Pussycats was kind of before that and that the Archies was a ripoff of Josie and the Pussycats. Hmm. But we'll get into it. There's some very interesting stuff <laughs> with that, uh, with Josie and the Pussycats formation. Um, but uh, the Archies uh, is actually the only band that's fictional band to ever reach number one on the Billboard charts with Sugar Sugar. So that's kind of amazing. Wow. Oh, really? But what about... Well, the, were the monkeys a real band, technically? Yeah, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, forced personalities, I guess, but they're technically really real people. They're real humans. Although, <laughs> but, but all the session musicians are different for the yeah. monkeys recordings and stuff. So Yeah, no, that's interesting. I, I just don't know if it's like because like they're fully fictional because um, 
every every the whole Archie lineup is they only say that the Archie's characters are in there, but like really there was uh, on like Archie vocals was like Ron Dante, and then there was Tony Wine, and then Donna Marie, and then a whole bunch of other musicians uh, on the front. Um, have you guys, did you guys, do you guys know much about the Archies aside from obviously sugar, sugar, but, uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to default to Annalise's expertise on all of this. <laughs> What's funny is actually the only knowledge I know about the Archies is sugar, sugar, but it was one of my favorite anecdotes that my mom told me is that when she was growing up as a kid, sugar, sugar was like a box top single that you could get it was like because i asked her i was like what what was your first record as a kid and it was a 45 of the archie's sugar sugar and she like sent in a certain amount of box tops and she got it when she was like six years old or something so uh, that's my connection to the archie's (laughs) my like personal connection through my mom wow that's amazing yeah because i was doing a little bit of research and apparently there were a few singles that you could only get on the 45s by sending in kellogg's box tape but like top box top so that is uh so my that mom is... wasn't lying i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> no she wasn't lying um some of their so they actually is quite a few i think there's like four official archie's albums uh at least on spotify now spotify does this weird thing of where what i thought was the best album was everything's archie which of course has sugar sugar but it also has archie's theme song from uh the filmation cartoon series and like a few other things but it turns out that that album on spotify is like a weird joining of three other albums but it omits certain things because like the track lists don't match up at all and i yeah and i'm nerdy enough to look at track lists so there you go this information hell yeah nerds unite (laughs) and um yeah it was they they only lasted until like 71 and then they reunited for 2008 for a Christmas album. What? I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, like, and way later. Yeah, it's so much for so much later. And actually, Ron Dante uh, did actually uh, come back to do Archie's vocals again, which is kind of crazy. That's that's incredible. After all that time, that's pretty amazing and unusual. <laughs> yeah, many, I'm curious, like how many different voices, if you count every single iteration, have played Archie. Or any of the characters. <laughs> oh man, it would be a lot. It would be a lot. There is, it's there's a lot of people. So um, what's your favorite song by the Archies, Andrew? Okay, I I really liked. There was a they. It's called like feeling so good, Scooby Dooby Doo. Which mm. uh, keep in mind, Scooby Doo. Uh, it will come up later in a very weird way. Um, oh. But <laughs> but um, I really like that song. It's just like this like nice like poppy romance hit which i really liked uh all of the music videos for these uh mostly involve jughead's dog falling in love with another dog and i was like all right i guess that's cute like they're just like (laughs) it's like a dog having a heart attack when it sees a very attractive other dog so there you go hot dog is having hot dog summer so (laughs) (laughs) that's kind of precious i mean you know it was it was another time you know it's uh some 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 canine romance yeah, exactly. And like all, all of that, the Archie stuff is like really kind of like it's like wholesome. Um, some of the there is like one album that just is like every Beatles song, but like it's like a rip off of almost every Beatles song, <laughs> like just in different ways. Like, like oh, the here's their kind of. 
Yeah, pretty much. Like there's <laughs> there's a thing about like environmentalism and there's like basically like an Imagine song, like a John Lennon's Imagine version of it and it's just like Archie, why are you talking about war? Like this is this is kind of off brand, but okay. Yeah, Archie gets political. Yeah, exactly. Um That's the not weird connected to the the um Edison song or was that is that so what was that from the the video that you sent of uh you know what i'm talking about the which oh so the uh oh the one sorry no no that's a different cartoon that's the u.s of archie which is 1974 oh, okay uh, okay yeah uh which is one of the the themes uh the weird thing that i want to mention before we get off of the archies is reggie mantle is in the band and i don't understand why they let reggie in the band <laughs> um there are so many other riverdale characters like i don't know put moose on there or something like reggie is reggie is bleh. yeah he's bleh and a dick like i was watching an old episode of sabrina in 1971 also done by filmation also with a kick and theme song um and like sabrina brings a bunch of like witches and ghouls to school and then reggie's just like harshing her buzz and like trying to get her in trouble and being like oh Mr. Weatherby, there's a mommy in the classroom. And it's like, shut up, Reggie. Life's finally interesting. God. Well, also, I think that that was just a different era where it was like you had to have the jackass around. It's like the jackass that is in all of our lives that we still care about for some reason. Like, those characters don't really exist anymore. Like, they have to be rehabilitated in some way. Yeah. that's just like they really are just painted as, like, a bully or, or a villain. Yeah, very true. I mean, like, you see that a lot in Archie, like, in Reggie in Riverdale, the show. Like, they try to, like, humanize him and, like, actually make him one of the better characters, I find. Uh, yeah. Because I actually do stuff with him. Um, now, I noted Filmation multiple times because I, erroneously, I thought that all of the Archies and the Sabrina stuff was all Hanna-Barbera, but it wasn't. Hanna-Barbera was behind Josie and the Pussycats, which what? did not, yes, which did not Josie and the Pussycats did not start as Josie and the Pussycats. Josie was in like a romance comic. And then they took a bunch of the characters from that dropped certain characters, added in new characters for the Hanna-Barbera music show, uh, still Archie comics. But the fact is they couldn't uh, like, they wanted to rip off the Archies and they couldn't rip off the Archies. Well, which is actually how Scooby-Doo got started. What? Yeah, it was originally so pitched. Yeah, it was originally pissed as, pitched as something called the Mysterious Mysteries Five or something like that. And um, there is an article by a blogger named Growl Tiger, who I will uh, link in the show notes, and he has like a really good breakdown of all the history because that's why. So in all the early Archies, I mentioned that like hot dog was such like a big thing. It was all about dog love and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that's why Scooby-Doo is Scooby-Doo. Like, that's why the dog is there. Because, uh, like, they're trying to rip off the uh, oh. form and motif of the Archies, which just blew my mind. Which I would have never put that together. So, so wait, did Josie proceed? Josie and the Pussycats precede Scooby-Doo. Is that I correct? Th- I think they were like right near the same time. I think Scooby-Doo might have been first because they tried to do it. And they failed because, like, they just couldn't do it right. So then they did Scooby-Doo. And then they still wanted to rip off the Archies, so they did it legit. And didn't rip off the Archies. They just got the rights to Josie and the Pussycats. <laughs> and then they went well, to wait, space. Owned, so I'm confused. Who originally owned Josie and the Pussycats? 
Oh, the like Archie Comics did, but okay. Archie had oh, so okay. Archie had like a it's one of those like weird rights deals which like I didn't think happened until like way later on, but it's one of those where a filmation had the rights to like Sabrina and Archie, where Hanna Barbera got Josie and the Pussycats by pretty much forcing them to make Josie and the Pussycats. This is this is a Disney Sony. Uh, Seriously. situation <laughs> <laughs> well for sure because it, it evergreen. <laughs> yeah that is kind of funny how it just kind of happens cyclically so many times with these rights issues but it, it but it works because the avengers of the hanna-barbera universe the laugh olympics was supposed to have uh, the laugh olympics <laughs> was supposed to have josie and the pussycats but they had didn't have the rights at that time and there were rights issues so they couldn't get on there Wait. Did Laugh Olympics precede Wacky Racers? Yes, I believe so. I believe it was Laugh Olympics and then Wacky Racers. Well, and I Wacky watched... Racers was based a bit on The Great Race, like if I'm not mistaken. Like that movie inspired. So I was I always wonder which of these things came before which because it's just they're all very similar and it seems like they're all kind of ripping off each other in, in some way or another. E yeah, for sure. And in order to uh, – that is very interesting. In order to uh, – pitch Josie and the Pussycats to try and get them the big screen. Uh, Hanna-Barbera actually made a band, and it's like for a 1970 album, it's like really hard to find. I could only find two songs from it, and one of the songs was like a Motown version of like the Carpenters Close to You, what? and it was great. It was <laughs> that amazing. That sounds like it would be awesome. It was it was really really good and they apparently they did a remaster and released it in 2001 but they only released like 500 copies or something like it was a really low amount and I could not find it digitally anywhere and the D CDs were like $160 so can't can't get to that but it, it it's kind of crazy cuz like it is like a full on like Josie and the Pussycats as real people in a band uh, Do you think that they re-released cool. it in 2001 because that's the year that Josie and the Pussycats, the live-action movie, happened? Oh, yeah. I, I would imagine so. I would yeah. imagine so. That's probably the probably the best bet. Um, now we go on to just other cartoon. Well, okay. Sorry. I should briefly mention Josie and the Pussycats in their second season did go to outer space, and it's the weirdest right. theme, theme intro I've ever seen. Oh, it's, man. It's like it starts out as like the classic like Josie and the Pussy Cats, and then it's like now they're in space, and there's an alien flip floor and stuff, and you're like, what is happening here? Like, <laughs> oh my gosh! And um, like, there's like, like a... oh, go ahead, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. There's like this weird like fuzzy blobby looking alien that just like turns around from the controls of the spaceship and like gives them a thumbs up, and you're like, all right, I guess this is the roadie now. Like, <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> I was envisioning that the theme song is like a, a William Shatner-esque take, like a oh. William Shatner Rocket Man take on the... Uh, oh, my <laughs> God. Save Josie us all. Josie and the pussy cats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. That would be that would be amazing. That would In be amazing. In space. In space. No one can hear your band. Um, <laughs> anyway. Hey. Hey. I don't know why they chose to do just such a weird thing, but, like, Hanna-Barbera has some, like, wacky things in what they do with their shows, so it's not that surprising. Like, they're just like, look, just send them to space. It's the 70s. Who cares? <laughs> it's a safe bet. It's a safe bet. Um, but now we can just talk about other cartoon intros. Um, so I don't know if there are any cartoons from your youth 
that featured the Archie crew that have memorable theme songs that you like, or Sabrina, or... I was going to say Sabrina, definitely. Um, that That's always one that I'd like. The, the cartoon and the live-action sitcom yeah. version were always really, like, funny to me. And I, they also had um, Nick McKay, the, the voice of Norbert on Angry Beavers was the voice oh. of uh, Salem. <gasps> oh. Oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. He always oh. just had this snide, like, kind of caught, like, ca- like sarcastic attitude the whole time. And it always just made me laugh. That was always nice. my favorite part. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, how about you, Annalise? Were there any uh, cartoons that featured Archie that uh, were in your youth? Honestly, just, yeah, the Sabrinas. Like, the Sabrinas of it all were, were the ones that, that I kind of gravitated towards. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, there are a few highlights um, that I want to mention. Um, U.S. of Archie, 1974, that we also mentioned, which is just some weird frontier uh, American history told with Archie characters. I don't know what the cartoon was like, but the intro was wacky as all get out, and I don't have to find it. But apparently, that's if you want to learn about American history, go to the Archies. I'm sure they don't cut out anything, and it's, I'm sure it's very <laughs> frank and it's honest. exactly how it happened. Yeah, so, sorry for my interjection earlier. I just was like so eager to talk about that bizarre the Thomas Thomas Edison, right? Yeah, it's yeah, like, oh, for sure. Thomas Edison shows up, and it's just, it's a full-on, like, Also, makes no mention of the fact that he ripped off everything from Nikola Tesla, but all right, go ahead. <laughs> Tell us about <laughs> the history of, of Thomas Edison and how great he was. Edison, um, the Reggie Mantles of uh, AC and DC electronics. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other things, though, because, like, the, the rest of the Archie-verse... I'm. I am very less. Th- unless we count Sonic, since it's part oh of the gosh. Archie comics. Oh my god! <laughs> well, I mean, technically, I bet you, like some of those early, uh, some of those early Sonic cartoons probably did have some Archie influence. I would imagine because of the rights <laughs> I hadn't issues. I not thought about that. No, neither did I. And now, the ri- now, the, now, the Sonic original... Underground is stuck in my head. Oh God, Sonic <laughs> Underground. The um, okay, the the best is still the one that was like about the Freedom Fighters. That oh uh, yeah, that had um, Sally and the, the gang. Um, but the uh, I was gonna say the original Sonic Archie comics, I believe, were started by Scott Shaw, who's a friend of mine actually, and I've talked to him a couple times, and he said that um, I think he's he, I think he said he based that sonic design on the old like felix the cat or the kind of like mickey Mouse, like those sorts of old gloved cartoon characters oh that's awesome so that's why like i like the design of the first kind of batch of the sonic archie cart comics because they they had a more classic cartoon look to them because the way he did anyway that was a tangent no (laughs) no that's a welcome that's good because you know more than i do (laughs) yeah it's it's a better tangent than this one uh the new archies from 1987 um it's really really like a hey we're cool and we're in the 80s and we're the archie characters oh no and pops pops becomes pops video cafe uh i noted in the intro and you're like oh poor pops just wait till Blockbuster, like the, I don't know, Veronica and her dad opened like the Blockbuster and just took down Pops. Poor video cafe. <laughs> Was it specifically a Blockbuster? 
or is it oh just no like i'm it sorry I was, I was just making a joke i haven't i it just like the i in the intro it's just a pops video cafe so oh, okay a joke <laughs> but it is obviously a like meant to be blockbuster one of yeah those. it's obviously supposed to be like a, a blockbuster probably like a video arcade like mix up kind of thing like that see now it would be a barcade i think yeah yeah I, I mean literally they could do that on riverdale because everything eventually becomes a bar on that show it does <laughs> it just, it just happens. i mean we'll Even talk about that later it's uh but it's wild it, it is very wild so is archie's weird mysteries which has an amazing theme song no. had either um, had either of you heard of that yeah no. I, I i've i've heard of it i haven't watched any of it um but like there are men of a certain age when i asked them about archie they're like yeah archie's weird mysteries and i was like oh okay <laughs> what uh, is that age what is this uh, what is the certain age <laughs> I'm very curious. i feel it's like i feel like it's 32 if i was to if i was to give a bet 32 right. is <laughs> it's uh, uh Dax. i no i yeah that falls about right but i wouldn't say it was uh amazing uh yeah, like very strange anomaly, and feels almost like a precursor to Riverdale, in some, yeah. in some very slight, weird way. But uh, yeah, was was it trying to like uh, do like an X Filesy thing? Like, is I, that why? Yeah. Maybe like X-Files, Tales from the Crypt, Scooby Doo. Yeah, this like the I funny guess thing that you're saying like Scooby Doo was born out of trying to rip off the Archie stuff. And then, like, that is a cartoon that's almost ripping off what was kind of born out of a ripoff of itself. That is that is wild. That is wild. It's all cyclical. Uruboros. The, arch- the snake eating its own. It's a dog eating its own tail. Yeah. Oh. Is, there a dog, is there a dog in, in the murder mysteries? I don't even remember. Um, I don't know. I mean, Jughead has a dog, so it depends on how much they like old Jughead comics for, for whether or not they bring in Hot Dog. Which I will say to anyone listening, you, you don't need to watch any of it, but do watch that intro because it's it's wild. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. I, oh, okay. <laughs> but the, the rest of the show is not that good. It's pretty much like a collection of like all the weirdest things on the show, like that show up in the intro, which is why like you like you pretty much get the greatest hits. And of course, you get like Archie's Mysteries, which is just like a really good, really Sorry, good going. To, it's so cheesy. So to, cheesy. I have to comment on that if it was audible, but I picked up a beer and the coaster fell off and rolled on the floor. Also, don't <laughs> don't lie. You're not drinking a beer. You're drinking a, a light a, beer. You, no, you're drinking a, a hard seltzer. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's call it what it is. This is an Archie podcast, after all. So Dax's weird mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> what is he drinking, folks? You'll never know. Um. And then the last thing I wanted to to mention nice. in the in the cartoon intros uh, was a video that Dax actually showed from like that boomerang uh, like oh, Josie yeah. history of music uh, yeah, segment, that, which uh, is which is really cool. That popped into my head uh, just the other day. It's uh, it's evolution of music, and this is back when Cartoon Network would do random. They, they used to do these really cool one-off, very short cartoons based on old Hanna-Barbera properties. And there were a bunch of them. There's a cool one for Jabberjaw that actually made what? me like, yeah, there's an, it's a really awesome where the animation is like, it starts out with a lunchbox and the character's on a lunchbox and then they start playing. And then like all the animation was kind of based around this idea of them being like off of this lunchbox. It was really cool, but the, the theme song 
it was like, oh, it was like, me and my friends get no respect. What does Scooby do that we neglect? It was like, it was a really funny um, kind of ska take on. Oh, interesting. But uh, that was one of them. They did also, but they did the, they did the pussy, the <laughs> Josie and the Pussycats. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they did that uh, one for them, which is that cartoon, which is the it goes through just kind of all the genres of music with the with the band sort of the animation style shifting and turning with each change of music. And I always just remember like, like, wow, this is really good animation for uh, for Josie and the Pussycats, like because it's, it's really smooth and 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 solid. It looks like they had some really professional animators behind it. Um, but there's not too many good quality versions of it on YouTube, but uh, if you just type in Josie and the Pussycats and uh, Evolution of Music, it should come up. Yeah, I'll, I'll make sure to put a link to that in the show notes as well, because like, it was it was really cool. Unfortunately, like a lot of those old bumpers that you were talking about didn't really get uh, you know saved uh, yeah. in any nice quality. Like Half the time, it's because some kid was recording a TV show, and it was like in the middle of it, right? exactly. like in a VHS tape. There's you also the like VHS lines on the recording. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's also uh, relevant because uh, there was that Blair Witch parody uh, with Scooby-Doo. So to bring it back to Scooby-Doo, I want to talk about that. There was a weird interstitial that was like a, a straight-up parody of Blair Witch, but with the Scooby-Doo characters. It was odd. It was odd. You know what? A boomerang and, like, all those old Cartoon Network bumpers, like, they're really doing more work than they really had yeah, to. That's like not much the, for sure. The Blair Witch Scooby one, like, I can't remember. I think it yeah, was totally the same I totally missed batch. that. It, 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 was it around the exact same time as... Blair Witch or was it like I, I don't know how far down the line it was after that I, I think out. it would have had to like I would have think it would have to be like a year or two or three after so like the cultural cachet makes it more like notable so like people who even haven't seen the Blair Witch would know but that's just a guess I don't know the exact date they I'm just thinking did, I mean that. I feel like Scooby-Doo's had so many it's always been pretty oh. good natured about making fun of itself yeah and, for sure uh, if you ever have seen the there was a Johnny Bravo episode where scooby-doo shows up like it's what really yeah it's, it's amazing oh, what? it's the I'm... it's the funniest episode of johnny bravo it's just all of just straight up scooby-doo and everybody shows up and uh there's a great scene where both velma and johnny bravo run into each other and they both lose their glasses and then <laughs> and velma is like my glasses i can't see without my glasses and johnny bravo goes my glasses i can't be seen without my glasses <laughs> <laughs> and, and it, it ends with them like tying johnny bravo to a tree because they can't stand him and then herbie shows up and wow. at the very oh end <laughs> this is because all the cartoon cartoons were hanna-barbera like dexter's lab and powerpuff girls so they were able to kind of be connected to these universes um, whenever they felt like just throwing them in. Also, the Harvey Birdman, speaking of that idea, Harvey Birdman was like, do you ever see Harvey Birdman Attorney at Law? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I've seen plenty of that. It's great. It's such a funny show, and it, it is just a culmination of, like, all these Hanna-Barbera characters. And I can't remember if Josie or any of those characters I, ever showed up, but I don't think so. Again, it pro again, it's probably because of rights, because it seemed like the rights to Josie and the Pussycats, like around the se mid seventies, got a little weird, and that's probably yeah. why they don't appear as much. I guess that explains why, like, 
you've never really seen Archie interact with Scooby-Doo. Like, I wonder if there's like some <laughs> weird like grudge, like where like Archie, Com- Archie comics are like, no, we'll deal with the predator. We'll be on glee. We're not touching Scooby-Doo. We have standards. Is it like a Mario and Sonic thing where it's like <laughs> just one day, one day there's going to be a, a Smash Bros game where they're both put in and it's going to oh break everything. <laughs> okay. That's a, that is a, fighting game that i would i would kickstart i want that fighting the, game right oh now. i would archie versus um oh my god yeah let's let's just make it all of hanna-barbera just like archie comics versus hanna-barbera you just have every property possible <laughs> like amazing amazing and there's there's so many it, different yeah there's so many different versions of uh archies you could put in there too like there's the there's a lot of <laughs> they're them. all different skins <laughs> that'd be great that would be great that would be hilarious um we'd be remiss Archie's uh, down to... B as he goes to jail oh um, yeah anyway, just kidding <laughs> um we, i'd be remiss if we didn't also because we talked about sabrina i'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh melissa joan hart's sabrina show um which never really had a good proper intro until season i think it's five or six and the intro is hilarious uh, it's like a weird song that is seems to be incongruous, but like there's a bunch of clones of Melissa, like there's like a whole bunch of Melissa Joan Hart's on screen, and they're all like running down like hills and running up like steps and stuff like that. But for some reason, there's like five Melissa Joan Hart's in like and I every remember the music shot. was something like da 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 da, or something. I was like in yeah that <laughs> yeah it was something totally like that and then very 90s just, yeah it was very <laughs> 90s wacky. and there was just like a whole bunch and like there was barely any salem and you're like come on oh. we all watch that show for salem like it, it ends with like her like petting salem but uh not too much more uh has there was the new oh sorry i was gonna say has anybody sorry. watched the new sabrina yeah dude show? oh yeah i'm not oh, yeah. i haven't seen any of it so and it's, it's coming up for a while no yeah. i know I'm, okay the newer <laughs> one not brand new but like i never saw any of it so we will be talking about that uh there's probably a brief aside that i want to mention for that for that for the end when we get to the okay. era. so it will be discussed uh but yeah that that intro was uh kind of hilarious uh, and now I guess we have to talk about it because it happened. Oh, the Jughead rap. Oh, the adult Jughead rap oh, from was very uncomfortable. Riverdale there and back again. No, I keep, I always do this. <laughs> I always, I always <laughs> confuse it with the Hobbits. Uh, uh, anyways, it's a terrible show. I, I'm not, I'm not even going to pr- pronounce it properly because it's awful and you should not watch the special. And I've seen it multiple times because, uh, Poor I'm soul. a masochist, uh, and I podcasted about it twice. So there you go. I can't stop. We'll never <laughs> stop. But in it, um, Jughead is an ineffectual, uh, father to his, uh, super cool nineties son, uh, who doesn't respect his dad and his dad is a shrink and is a bad shrink and, uh, you know, is super, uh, you know, uptight and is uncool. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, they find something to bond over and it's rap music because in order to kind of get his son out of his shell, Jughead brings a, dreams a boop. Oh my God. I can't say boombox. Leave it in. Leave it in. We're going to leave it in. Do it live. Um, Do it live. (laughs) uh and they just start playing a rap version of sugar sugar and uh it's one of the worst things i've ever heard oh it's bad it's real bad 
I, it made me very uncomfortable. Oh, I'm I'm sure. I'm sure. And because it was it was made in in that scene of the movie, it's to impress like twelve year old girls. Like it's just like one that that's not gonna impress any human ever. Oh god, it's no. just Yeah, it, and there's a weird like jump cut from like one of the little girls like watching and being impressed to like jughead, like adult jughead. And I'm like very uncomfortable with that. It was like weird. Like like why is adult jughead trying to impress twelve year old girls? <laughs> there are a lot of things wrong with that special, and that is only one of them. So uh <laughs> it is it is bad and best left forgotten, but you know, we have to mention it. Uh rap version of Sugar Sugar. Dax, you're silent. Do you secretly love this version? Is no. that why you're silent? No, I think I uh, I missed this, so I'm, oh. <laughs> I'm just I'm just standing in the corner imagining it, what it is like based on your description of it, but it sounds horrifying. Yes, and I will not put a clip in because I love my listeners. <laughs> Save uh, your listeners. Happen. <laughs> save save our listeners but let's talk about something's amazing something spectacular that happened in 2001 uh a movie we talked about a few episodes back and we just heaped praise on um but i know annalise this is one of your favorites the josie and the pussycats movie from 2001 it is it is one of my favorite films of all time yeah, I've seen it in many different screening formats. Like anytime it plays on a rooftop or in a cemetery or whatever. This is like a actually very weird thing to say if you're not from LA. We do lots of movie screenings in weird places. So uh, they've for, they've screened so like, Josie you know, and the Pussycats like graveyards and rooftops. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I love the film. I was obsessed with it when it came out, and the, all of my friends we immediately got the soundtrack. And it was all we basically all we talked about for like maybe six months. It was it was a big deal. And and I think it really, you know, stands the test, stood the test of time. I mean, I uh, got to go to something that was pretty cool. Uh, so when they released um, the vinyl of the Josie and the Pussycats uh, soundtrack uh, two, three years ago at this point, they also did a, a screening of the film with the with the cast and the the writer and director team oh wow. um, and before that they brought out uh kay hanley and several of the original like studio musicians who did the the you know the guitar work the the drum like like all the instrumental work and the vocal work for for josie so we basically got to see it was as close as we could one could get to seeing the band Josie and the Pussycats from 2001 wow. play live. And it was actually a very emotional experience. Like everyone, the people in there were crying and everyone was singing. And uh, during you don't see me, everyone brought out their phones and their lighters. And it was just like this beautiful ballad moment that may never happen again. It was a very unique experience and um, it was pretty incredible. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah and it was all just a, for a amazing. vinyl release. <laughs> it was crazy. That's amazing. I'm I'm still mad that this movie's not on Blu-ray yet, and like I don't understand why why it hasn't not been remastered. I feel like every time it comes up lately, like it seems to be getting more and more of a cachet. More and more people are talking about it. I think it's like it's reaching that point where like some Blu-ray company will be like, "Look, there's a market here. 
I mean, especially if all that happened because of the vinyl release, right? Like, everyone loves the soundtrack. Like, I think this movie is really due for, like, a full-on resurgence in pop culture. Because in a lot of ways, it's, like, it's very ahead of its time. I compare it to... I think this is like a comedy version of Blade Runner, and I <laughs> and I like it better huh. than both Blade Runner movies. Suck it, Ridley Scott. You know, it's um, funny. You're in good company. Well, with me, I actually am not a fan of. Uh, I haven't seen 2049, but I I I don't like Blade Runner. I said it. I said it. I feel better. I am a huge fan of the original Blade Runner. <laughs> uh, the director or final cut versions, uh, not the theatrical that has the force voiceover from Harrison Ford who did it bad on purpose well I'm sorry Dax you're gonna be <laughs> outnumbered Pro- maybe the first time ever that we're gonna find a group yeah. of, of well, three where two out of three people think that Josie and the but, Pussycats is better than Blade Runner but you didn't let me finish my statement which was that I completely understand people not liking the movie because it is a very slow film um, and I'm someone who just likes slow aesthetic things but 2049 is a good movie go see it that you're I doubt yes. I will like it more than Josie and the Pussycats, <laughs> but I I will try. Which I have a question for you: uh, Hard Day's Night, Spice Girls movie, and Josie and the Pussycats. Josie and the Pussycats. How? But how would you rate? Let's do uh, Kill, Bang, Mary. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! Uh, obviously, Mary, Josie and the Pussycats. Right. Right. Uh, oh. <laughs> Damn it! Um, <laughs> I'd I mean, kill the like, spice movie. I, I'd kill the spice I, movie. I guess I would have to kill the spice movie because I <laughs> banging the Beatles in their prime. Right, would just be I, a story prime. That I like Help better forever. than Hard Day's Night, though. Oh, that's fair. But I feel like a Hard Day's Night more of a parallel to these films. Yeah, probably. Uh, but I would definitely agree that Help is better, and I think Gelson Marine's both better than both of those films. But anyway, this isn't about the Beatles about Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah. So, uh yeah, one of my one of my all-time favorites and honestly, what's crazy is it wasn't on streaming services. The the album wasn't on streaming services until like a couple months ago. And so when I wanted to have it, uh because we did a we did an episode on a popular music last year we did uh we do our April Fools episodes on not real bands. <laughs> um and we did it on Josie and the Pussycats and uh we ended up in order for me to take a sample of the song, like have like a high high quality sample of one of the songs, I had to track down a CD and they were actually pretty expensive on Amazon at the time. Um, and so I had to do that, which was fine. But then it's kind of funny because then a year later it's on streaming services. Thank goodness, because it should have been a long time ago. Yeah. And like, it's such an amazing, it's like a great soundtrack. Like everything is a banger on that soundtrack. There's nothing that like, I would want to skip. Like, it's just like a great soundtrack in its totality. Yeah, and, but I mean, uh, when you look at who produced it and who wrote the songs, like you have the great Adams Schlesinger who has, who's written in, he wrote that thing you do the song, that thing I you do. I was just thinking of that thing you do like 20 yeah, seconds ago. Yeah, That's so and, crazy. And he um, he's known as being in Fountains of Wayne, which obviously is Stacy's mom. And then he uh, went on to write a lot of the music or co-write, I think, all of the music on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Oh, wow. Wow. That is a crazy I'm 95% sure he wrote on Josie. So if I end up being wrong, you could just cut all of this. And he also created Archie back in the... No, no, yeah, right. I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> just two, two negative, traveler. two false false things. Two wrongs don't make, make it right. Anyway, so uh, there's that. And then um, Babyface produced that album. Oh, wow. 
Yeah. And then Adam Duritz of the Counting Crows co-wrote one of the songs. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm not kidding. Wait, what? Yeah. And uh, who else am I thinking of? Oh, and then uh, Jane Wideland of the Go-Go's wrote one of the oh, songs as well. Wow. Jesus. Wow. That's so that why it's a... so solid. Oh, yeah. No, that's an amazing pedigree. And uh, I must know, what's your favorite song on the album? <gasps> oh, definitely Shapeshifter. But... Um, I actually think that my second favorite is You Don't See Me. I think it's just like a really heartbreaking oh. ballad about like a missed connection. Nice, nice. Uh, I I love the cover of uh, the original theme. Like I love that ending and I that is the version of Josie and the Pussycats I think of when you talk about that song, right? So it has kind of been replaced with that version in my head immediately. So I, I really, really love that uh, that version yeah. of it. Uh, three Small yeah, Words I definitely is have also to echo that. Great. I, I definitely have to echo that. that. For me, it's like hard to be just how iconic the original theme song is and that that version definitely like trumps any previous versions in every way um and uh i i i would put it if i had to like pick top five tv theme songs i know that josie and the pussycats and the ducktales theme would be on that list for sure uh so you know it's, it's just like how many uh, like so many cartoons live and die by how how memorable their theme song is and so it's crazy like that that's survived it for this long and it's just like yeah everybody knows that song yeah, yeah for sure and again like it it blew my mind doing research and and doing the prior episode uh one of the other hosts alex pattison brought it to uh our, my attention that yeah Josie and the Pussycats didn't start out as Josie and the Pussycats. It started out as like a romance novel that like be like not novel, but comic series that became Josie. And it's uh, it's it's always weird when you go and do the background research for some of these uh, properties that you have just kind of made assumptions about your entire life. Uh, they're usually a lot more complicated than you think. Batman was detective comics. He was, he was a detective. First and foremost, not really a superhero necessarily. So it is funny, yeah, when you look at the origins of anything, it's like, oh, that's where it started. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I can only imagine what kids today think of because we're at the modern era and we're talking Riverdale now. We've made it. We've made it to Riverdale. Right. <laughs> so, so, so this is kind Sorry. of a treat because, like, to be honest, when, you, when you'd approached us to do the theme song, I wasn't hugely familiar with Riverdale, but I knew that Annalise was. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I like, I just like turned to you and I'm like, this is this is I I I bow to your expertise in this area, <laughs> and so ended up watching some of it since then, and it uh, was very very different, but uh, very engaging and and just unique show. Uh, not what I was expecting though. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anything is like Riverdale and that's why we love it yeah exactly exactly like it's like god tier trash tv and I just <laughs> love every second of it like well, I think it depends on what you want out of television and I think for some true. people I think most people were intrigued by Riverdale and started it but I think the divide is between people who like have a threshold for for crazy and people who thrive on like there being no threshold for crazy oh um, yeah definitely be definitely because, because the people like... i know who gave up on the show were like 
Yeah, it just got too – it was too much. It just went too far. And I was like, it can't go far enough. Archie got attacked by a bear. Like, you I can't didn't... not love Revenant that. style. Come on. Okay, and, and, we, and we must clarify, an invisible bear you do not see, he gets attacked by an invisibear. Exactly. And, uh... An invisibear. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sounds like a Gravity Falls – creature or something yeah exactly <laughs> and uh, you know he in the first season he r- wins the fight against a river by punching it a bunch um <laughs> you know it, there's flying incest babies um there's like crazy cults there's covers of carrie the musical and hey there you go we're back we're back where we started right talking about music again annalise just showed me the that the carrie musical video before before yeah, we i showed him this. i nice. showed him a clip from carrie and i showed him a clip from heathers nice now um i am not ashamed to say this fact that i listened to the soundtracks for both of these musical episodes a lot even though um some of the choices that they make in the episodes itself is extremely weird like for example when they do carry the musical they make most of the main characters of the show side characters in carry the story uh as such which leads to this crazy line of kevin keller telling archie that like his character is the hero of uh carry and i'm like no dude like he he does the bare minimum of not being a shitty dude like he ain't the hero (laughs) carrie's the hero she created the one good prom in existence like come on yeah, um, actually, but, and I will say I'm more partial to the Heather music from Heather's fair, than fair. I am to Carrie, but I that has nothing to do with how I think the music is great. Like, honestly, I think that whoever writes the music for their musical episodes is a huge musical theater nerd. Like, they got someone well, who, like, wants to write for Broadway. Well, all of those are, like, uh, based on, like, actual musicals, right? So, um I thought that I had thought that they kind of just made up Carrie the Musical, but no, Carrie the Musical was a thing that what? ran on. Yeah, yeah, it ran for like very limited. Like it was a very limited <laughs> run, and like the fact that they like dug it up to talk about it is amazing. Where, where is my Exorcist musical? I'm waiting for it. Oh, believe me, they'll find it. one. <laughs> it um, will make people's ha- heads spin. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Hey, what are you writing for repossessed here? <laughs> uh, but and he- That's and crazy, Heather's though. Yeah, no, that is crazy. And Heather's is also a musical. Uh although in they don't like um I don't know if you're how familiar you are with Heather's the the movie. Uh but in the movie and in the musical, uh there's a song they didn't do for Riverdale, which was like there's that whole scene where the one dad is like, I love my dead gay son and there's like a whole song about it in the musical. Oh, and like really? Yeah, yeah. It's like really tongue in cheek and like really funny and like I th- I thought it was just, just it's a hilarious musical number and I was kind of sad that they did not cover it in Wait, uh, so I didn't even know that like they took the actual music from the mu- they so they had to buy rights from these musicals to perform them yeah i mean like i don't know who is holding the rights for carrie the musical i mean it definitely wasn't that much money let's be real probably wasn't too much money because i'm pretty sure the only person on spotify who still listens to it uh daily is probably me um because uh the world according to chris is the best but that's all i'm gonna say i love it uh but yeah so it it's a very weird choice to do uh, musical episodes on these very specific musicals. So, like, I don't know what they'll do next. Like, 
Exorcist the musical? Uh, is is there <laughs> any exists, They will find it. Yeah, exactly. If it exists, they will find signs. it. Signs the musical. Oh my <laughs> gosh. M. Night Shyamalan. Just catalog. a bunch of like glasses of water everywhere. <laughs> oh I hate these glasses of water. <laughs> Don't you Are see you the thirsty? water? Was the no. Solution. The whole time. I'm going to yeah. kick your ass, bitch. That's going to be a whole song unto itself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Look, around. I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure Riverdale is like maybe half a season away from giving us aliens. So oh, like, I wouldn't I'm... be surprised. I hope that happens. I want it to I... be, like oh I said, God. there's no threshold for crazy for me with this show. I want it to get bananas. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited because like the next season is all aliens, about. aliens, not a musical based on aliens. No, 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 no. no. We're saying oh, okay. real aliens. Real aliens. Because we were talking Although... about. <laughs> but although cool i would be down one. that would be that would be a great musical for them to cover like i would love to see like the get away from her you bitch the ballad like right, that right. would be amazing. they have a full mech suit for um, who would be singing that who would be playing the oh, sigourney weaver i mean cheryl obviously like i don't know <laughs> yeah. like if it's just I mean, like let's oh. just always cast cheryl as the lead that's just the rule <laughs> exactly it's just she's gotta go she's gotta go in the lead like in heathers like she's like the lead lead of the heather troop and then uh you know she actually is carrie in the titular carrie the musical which was uh yeah, was interesting cheryl episode. won't accept anything less than being top billed and you know who can blame her who can blame her it makes sense um so so you said heathers was your favorite of uh of the two musical episodes yeah it's just more poppy i tend to i tend to gravitate more towards like musicals that are closer to like pop songs than like the traditional like rogers and hammerstein kind of style musical annalise what is your favorite musical curious (laughs) put you on the spot putting you on the spot horror picture show (laughs) really okay Okay. nice awesome awesome cool yeah i mean like they, they could, could. Do, but they probably could not afford the rights. Oh, I don't think they could anymore because I think Disney now owns it, and Disney will not. Disney Jeez. owns Rocky Horror. What? Yeah, because it's Fox, and they recently acquired Fox, so that's why like <gasps> that's all of these right, like because they, they did the they did the the uh, the Rocky Horror musical on Fox, the live the live right wasn't it a live thing or something? Yeah, there's a there's a problem with like all these like little repertory theaters who used to like play a whole bunch of Fox movies uh, constantly. Oh, Disney is no longer that. renting them out. Like Disney does not rent the because Disney does not let anyone have their back catalog to play at movie theaters because it just is not enough profit for them to care. Okay, and is, like, so it's like, how is this acquisition not an oligopoly and violation of of those kinds of laws? Like, they're, yeah, they're not I, supposed I, to have like. <laughs> the companies aren't meant to own everything and that's what well disney yeah because it's it's not it's not going to be a monopoly anymore it's going to be called a disney because like that's what's <laughs> happened like it's just insane they own everything and uh it's really a bummer for repertory theaters because like you know things like people they would show like die hard during christmas or like they would show alien and aliens on like alien day or like any of that stuff uh they just can't show their back catalog anymore any and uh that's a major bummer but hey now we get to see magneto and captain america high five i guess are they gonna and, uh, i guess they are uh, anyway. i think i think that was like the big reason why they bought fox was like actually i think the real reason that disney for a minor tangent sorry folks uh, uh. but i think the real reason that uh disney bought fox was because fox still owned some of the rights to i think it was the theatrical 
uh, versions of the original Star Wars from 1977 because that was like a 20th Century Fox. And I think they owned part of the rights to Star Wars still. So they were still getting money. And Disney was like, nah, we want all that Star Wars money. So they went, nom, 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 nom. Are we going to get Blu-rays of the original theatricals? Finally? Finally? It'd be nice. For Star Wars? It would be nice so I so I don't have to watch my Laserdiscs anymore. Um, actually, I'll, <laughs> right. I'll never I'll never stop watching my Laserdiscs. They're beautiful. That, uh, we love the Laserdiscs. so crazy, though. Like, uh, yeah. But it's so funny at the same time because, like, oh, finally we got the X-Men. Oh, wait, Spider-Man. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't feel so good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is good. And, like, that's why, like, when that when that whole news was, like, coming out, like, everyone was like, oh, Spider-Man's no longer part. I was like, look, man, that's good. Like, Disney can't win everything. Like, Dude, let's, let's, let's chill. Into the Spider-Verse was, like, the best Spider-Man movie that ever made, and it wasn't was made better by than Disney. <laughs> and was better than every Marvel movie out there, in my opinion. Yeah, it's um, better than so. most superhero, superhero movies, period. <laughs> so yeah exactly so but then again i guess worried. there's also venom so it's kind of <gasps> you know oh my god guys this means that they can do spider-man the musical for riverdale that will be <gasps> the next one and it won't be a disaster wait was the stage <laughs> production of spider-man a musical when that happened oh yeah because it was oh, yeah. all like you oh, yeah. too i think it was like you too did all the like the music for it and there's wow. like a weird oh, like god. there's a there's a weird like spider god who is like introduced and a whole bunch of weird songs and a lot of people who got horribly injured because it was a terrible production. But hey, I mean like bad things happen in Riverdale musical episodes, right? Like the I mean, carry I think the it's safe musical to say that bad involves things a murder. Just on Riverdale. That's true. That's true. That's true. Speaking bad of things Riverdale. just happen in Riverdale. <laughs> yes, I know. Yes, we're going back onto the actual topic of the show. Um <laughs> Aside from musicals, they do do use a lot of uh, covers in uh, in the show. Um, do you guys have any favorites from what you've seen? I know Dax, you probably haven't seen a lot, um, but like for me, I think that they're. I really like. Even though, like, when it happened in the show, like, I facepalmed so hard, I almost gave my skull a fracture. Um, when they covered kid the kids in America. Uh, I can still I can still rock out to that because it's actually oh, yeah. like a pretty good cover. I mean, cover. that's just such a great song anyway. Um, yeah. I actually, and I can't think of any off the top of my head, but any time, like, Veronica or Josie, and I know that Josie's gone out, but, like, any time they would sing, like, an older song that I knew no Gen Zer would know, I'd be like, yeah, let's, let's educate the children. This is good. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, like they did like Jailhouse Rock, like in uh, in this season, latest season. Um, they did a great cover of the Dream Warriors, which is like a great uh, Nightmare on Elm Street song. Uh, musical connection: uh, the drug Jingle Jangle on the show is actually named after one of the hits from Archie, the Archies. What? There was yeah, w- one of the one of the songs in the Archies is Jingle Jangle, and they specifically named the drug after the song so i mean hey i guess it's a really addictive song Uh, i think that's brilliant so brilliant yeah it's it actually is brilliant the more the more deep i get into the uh archie universe rabbit hole the more really specific references i discover that rob birder acquire sakasa has just kind of been weaving into uh riverdale as a whole like it really is like this weird multiverse mashup of every single thing that's ever happened in Archie somehow sneaks its way onto the show in increasingly bizarre, truly bizarre ways. 
have a, I have a question about the music here. Is it always because it seemed like in the two examples that I was shown, one of them is like a stage production in world, but the other yeah. one is them singing more musical style where it's just kind of it's all, like they're not really singing. No, but reality, it bleeds. But like some of it is them rehearsing the shows. Is this like glee? And then some of it is them just like, you know, walking around during school. It's like they're, it's, it's, it just go with it, the decks. So, but it's like glee logic it, then, it, where it's like kind of doesn't. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of like glee logic, but it's, <laughs> but it's way better than glee. Okay. That's fair. Yeah. They, they, they will do some like, uh, usually like, so uh, Veronica, a teenager, owns a club which is the, uh, which is in the basement of Pops, the restaurant called the Bon Nuit. It's very complicated, but she doesn't actually own it. Her dad still owns it, and it's a big kerfuffle in the latest season. But anyways, <laughs> uh, but it, it, they do a lot of instances of, like, her singing at the venue, like her or Josie, and they'll, like, be at the mic, and they'll be like, hey, you illegal gamblers out there, let me sing a song for you. Then the FBI will come and arrest you all. Spoilers. Really happens. Um... <laughs> but they do that, and then, like, Josie and the Pussycats, like, they just will occasionally just have shows, like, that they'll, uh, you know, they'll be putting on for the school and the class and stuff like that. So that happens. Um, there are some songs that just Archie will sing to people. Like, I remember in the early in the first season, like, Archie will just show up and be like, hey, guys, I really like my music, and I just want to play it for you. And, like, all these people around this, like, picnic table are like, oh, yeah, Archie, please, play us your music. Can't can't wait to hear what you have to say. And then it's, like, some terrible, terrible song. And they all have to go, yeah, way to, wait, way to go, Archie. What a, what a great character they've made you in this show. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that's the Riverdale music. Uh, it, it is kind of eclectic, and there's a lot of it. Um, so it's worth checking out. Like, Spotify has some pretty great uh, compilations of everything in Season 1, everything's in Season 2 and everything in season three. And then they have very specific albums for both musical episodes. Mm -hmm. So whichever one you want to go and uh, listen to. And they actually did do full songs for a lot of the, cause like in the episode, the musical episodes, some of the songs are truncated obviously, because you don't have, uh, you know, that much time uh, in a normal episode of television. So uh, they actually did record full versions of, of, of the songs and nice. those are on the Spotify. So if nice. you are, a nerd and just want to listen to those, you know, oh, I go love ahead. It. I love it when shows do that. When it's like, you only hear part of the song in, in the show, but then like they will release the full version somehow. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And I think Spotify is a nice way to just do that easily now. Right. Like it doesn't have to be, I would, I would love to just like, look, I'm, I would buy a record of it. If somebody like, if they're like, yeah, we're releasing a vinyl of the carry the musical episode. I'll be like, give it to me now. Mondo, me now. get on it. Mondo, yes, Mondo, I will like, I will quit my job just to stand outside your records and go. Please make this, make this now. Um, I have a question for Annalise and and for you too, mm -hmm. Andrew, Andrew. Like, I'm gonna say Andrew because I said Annalise and then saying Andrew. So Andrew and Annalise. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, my question is: Do you, uh, what is your opinion overall of like the score? And the the kind of way that uh, oh the I non love music's handled. the score of Riverdale. It's, yeah, the score is pretty good. Like, there's a pretty good synthy. synthy yeah, it's very dark and synthy. It's very much my bread and butter. 
Like somebody asked, who asked me that? I was on another another podcast and they were like, if you could score any show on TV right now, what would it be? And I said, Riverdale. Like, I want to just like compose, like for the very reason that like uh, Jason Siegel's character in Fredding Sarah Marshall, like hates his job, which is like, he's, it's just tones. It's not music. Like, <laughs> that's what I love about Riverdale is like, I like to create that kind of like dark ambient synth kind of shit that sets the tone for, you know, betrayal and murder and like underage nightclubs and yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can't say it any and better than that. secret cults and, you know. And milkshakes. Flying babies over fire. I don't know. Yep. Yep. Uh, the greatest and one of the greatest conversations that happens about those babies is just uh, Betty looks at the babies when her and Jughead are alone and she's like, Jughead, are these babies evil (laughs) (laughs) every parent every parent and caregiver must ask that question at some point right at some point speaking of children who are evil ba-bam ba-bam let's go to sabrina sabrina the teenage witch and uh that's the and uh sabrina is is full with music as well uh very interesting music choices for sabrina because it's very much a horror-based show so there's a lot of like deep cuts as far as horror goes but also it i think it has like an amazing intro like i think the fact that it's on netflix they actually allow them to do like a full intro and that's like honestly netflix is one of the only places where you will get I was going to say, Dax, I need to show you just even the intro because you would love it. Can we watch yeah. it now? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to watch it just right now? <laughs> Give me my live reaction. Right. I mean, we could. I mean, sure. Yeah, for sure. Go yeah, can, go for it. You can edit this if you need to. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's fine. I'm good. Or I'm just giving you just... a spot that you can, can just yeah, no edit. Um, she's pulling it up right now. How late is it for you right now? Just out of curiosity. Oh, it's eleven, but it's fine. Okay. It's Sorry a Saturday it. night. I'm I'm a cool kid. I'm I'm cool and up on Saturday night late, so it's good. <laughs> wow. I'm glad it wasn't. I, I was worried it would be like. Oh, it's it's two, three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's four a.m. Okay, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina opening. About to watch it. I'm going to hold my thoughts until this is done.
Wow, that's cool. Yeah, thanks for yeah. watching just now. <laughs> the, yeah, uh, no, it's really cool because a lot of that, uh, a lot of that artwork is actually panels from the comic that Aguirre oh. Sacasa is also writing right now. Um, Archie Comics are having a big horror boom lately, and that was kind of head started again by uh, Riverdale creator and Sabrina creator Roberto Aguirre Sacasa. And, uh, unfortunately, um, I think there's only, like, I think this Sabrina series has been going on since 2015 and there's only been 11 issues released because mm. it is intense. And now that he's working on the TV shows, he doesn't get a chance to like release the comics as much. Uh, but I actually think the show is better than the comics, which might be controversial. The artwork in the comics is amazing, but some of the plot things are a little yeah. iffy for I was, me. I was just going to say, like, while we were watching this, the, the, the brushwork is really really lovely and uh it, it, like very ink wash kind of oh and in case you guys didn't know dax is also an animator oh. <laughs> so. it just like i just like i like the color palette that it had i'd have to watch it again to do like a better analysis but it um it definitely nails the vibe of what they're going for and i like the very i guess theremin heavy mm -hmm. kind of yeah theme music that they have going on um, it makes me want to watch the show, and it makes me wonder why more Netflix series don't have good openings like that. It's like it's pretty long too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I would actually, definitely. I'm, say... I know this is an aside, but uh, I I'm a big proponent of not skipping Netflix intros. Like I think that they're important, and especially like if I watch Stranger Things with anybody, if they fucking want to change the dial and skip the intro, I like bat their hand away from the <laughs> the uh the remote and actually it's funny if you look up the intro on youtube there are several comments about that which i thought was really funny i was like oh it's me not not just me <laughs> well it's room to breathe between chapters essentially like in one that's true is that is own. true but it's also just enjoying it for its own art and i think that that's why it's good that we it's kind of circling back to the fact that we write intros <laughs> You know, it's in. I like to appreciate the work that people put into those, and it's not just because I do it, but because I think it's really cool that someone w can take all the elements of a show or what have you and come up with something that fits that and supports it musically. It's hard to be very concise, and that also does tie back into, I mean, like yeah, like the Josie theme is definitely one that I would cite. I would say like some of the cartoon cartoons, like. Dexter's Laboratory or Powerpuff Girls or Samurai Jack, those all had like really concise cartoon intros. And there's uh, uh there's this there's a really good uh intro for this podcast called Milkshakes and Mimosas. Yeah, uh, oh, whoa, think, whoa, like, yeah. I think <laughs> I, I think the artists behind that intro did a really great job. So well, thank you very, uh, you know. very, very much. I would be what they would say if if they knew you said that about the theme song. <laughs> um <laughs> No, that was that was a lot of fun. Thank you for for asking us, and thank you for the yes. Im immense patience you had in us. Oh, getting thank it you done. so much. Oh, before we get too far away, I did briefly want to talk about one song on the uh, Sabrina soundtrack. Um, so the Sabrina, sorry, I, uh, if you guys need to go, no, you, no. okay, no, sorry, good. sorry, sorry. I just briefly want to talk about how um, they weirdly cover a they so they have the choir sing a song written by charles manson uh is like one of their like oh we're doing like weird horror songs mm. right so like i didn't know that, that. 
Yeah, and uh, it's kind of tricky because it's uh, a, it, the song, the actual song title is different on Spotify, and I wonder if they had to change it because they didn't really want people to know. Um, but to me, this... that's weird because it's like you're you're obviously doing that so yeah. that you find out eventually. It is an Easter egg, so it's like how much do you want to hide it? Yeah, it's very it's very interesting because the actual song is called "I'll Never Say Never to Always," but on the uh, Spotify playlist for the th- for the theme, uh, it's "Always Is Always Forever," is which is like the first batch of lyrics for the song, but that's what the title is under on Spotify, which is kind of interesting. Uh, I guess does, we're getting does really. Does Charles Manson own all of his own music? How does that work? Uh, I I don't think you can't because I think they they made there was like a court case um, when I think it was Son of Sam was trying to sell his rights so that they cannot make any money off of anything they own or have any ownership when they're in prison. Okay, that's good. Yeah, because I wouldn't want them to have to like, you know. No, exactly, and 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 I think that's one of the because like they people like when they were on death row or like when they were caught, they tried to like sell the rights and they just started making money off of their horrible like deeds and stuff like that. So that's when legally they changed that in the system, so you, oh, you can't good. actually do that. But that was actually brought to my attention uh, by uh, Valeska, who is another host on this show, but she also writes for the Amazing Grim Magazine. So oh, nice, uh, which is a female-run horror magazine out of Toronto, Ontario, oh, and it's awesome. also available digitally. So she does a lot of great work. But she instantly knew, oh, that's a Charles Manson song because you know she is a true crime nut, as many of us are nowadays. Um, so. <laughs> Uh, that was uh, that was the last little batch I wanted to mention before we got to the outro. Oh Guys, thank you, thank you so much for joining me. By the way, this thank was... you so much for having us. This is yeah. such a treat. This was this, this was, was awesome. a blast. This was a blast, and I you know I learned a lot from this episode, and I hope people uh, also learned a lot. Oh, I learned yeah, way more. Oh my god, you were very knowledgeable, Andrew. Thank you for You're... teaching us all of this stuff today. You're a very concise and uh, streamlined host. Far more than I am. <laughs> I would never decry your hosting abilities, Dax. Some days I need four-hour podcasts, so it's okay. We're cutting, them down. All... We're cutting them down. <laughs> and it's always on Wednesdays. It's always on Wednesdays. But speaking of that, where can I find more of your work, and where can we send listeners to continue to support you, Dax? Since you just talked about oh, your podcast, um, I'm at Dax Schaefer on twitter instagram and all the things um the podcasts that i've been doing are (laughs) sarah Iyer and i host a podcast on don bluth movies as well as a bunch of other animated movies called the bluth the whole bluth and nothing but the bluth (laughs) um this is contradicting ourselves there by doing non-bluth movies but uh the other one is cinepraisal with uh, my friend adam fletcher where it's more commentaries that we're actually doing over films that we enjoy and want to watch. Um, that's pretty much all I have to plug. How about you, Annalise? Nice. Well, uh, this gentleman and I have uh, have other theme songs that we've written together through a, our our name of the Saxel Nyad, which is an anagram of our names. And we always have to explain that. <laughs> I know we do, but it's cool. I like it. Um, and you can find our stuff at Sax. Is it the Saxel Nyad? It's the. There's a the. The's, okay, the, the Saxel Nyad. 
www.bandcamp.com and Saxel Night is S-A-X-E-L-N-A-I-A-D. And then, um, and yeah, you can find my stuff at La La Lonelise on Instagram. And I have my, my music that I write at anabot.bandcamp.com. And you also have a podcast. Oh, and I also have a podcast called Popular Music, the podcast that I host with uh, Omar Najam. And it's where we talk about how much we love pop music unabashedly. And we usually talk about nostalgic stuff, so stuff that millennials grew up with. And, uh, yeah, it's it's fun. It's a good time. And you, it's I just want to mention this. You specifically did an episode on the Josie and the Pussycats Yes, I, d- I said that a little bit earlier. Wait, did I? I'm sorry. It's, it's, <laughs> it's very hot in my apartment, so I think we're... <laughs> We're both a little loopy, but uh, but yes. I, uh, I mean, I wanted to episode. mention it again Thank in you, case sir. somebody missed Thank it you. when it was brought up the first time. Um, thanks. Um, no, but yes. Uh, yeah, our episode on Josie is really great. That's when it was hosted by or co-hosted by Stephen Ray Morris. Um, and yeah, that's about all I've got. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you for joining us yet again. And uh, if you have any comments, suggestions, or whatever for the podcast, please feel free to tweet us at mpodcastm or email us at milkshakesandmimosas at gmail.com. If you could rate us five stars on iTunes or whatever your honest appraisal is, but, I mean, just give us five stars, please. Uh, And uh, you can do that, and we will be eternally thankful. And for all of the plugs that you heard from our guests, be sure to look at our show notes if you have any questions, and that will be sure to lead you to wherever you can find their further work. Thank you, and as always, blame the CW. Goodbye. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha.